This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Put an edge on your friends with a Pussy Magnet. Welcome, welcome, my lovely lumps. Or should I say lovely labs? I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. <laughs> Ah, can never help myself. Anyway, we're going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in, I'd like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Noongar country and I pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Now, if you're ready, let's flap and do this. (laughs) Oh God, is there such thing as too many vagina jokes in the one intro? (laughs) Whatever, I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull up the couch. It's the Lady Lounge. Hey, Ledgehammers. Just a quick note to give you a rundown on what to expect for this epi. These Stand In My Clam episodes are supposed to be shorter and more bite-sized for you, but in this case, Jazz and I just couldn't wrap it up in time and we ended up having like a pretty long discussion covering multiple different topics that all just seemed too relevant and important to cut out. So instead of editing or cutting this recording into two, I've left it as a full episode and I hope that you stick with it until the end because we cover some really awesome stuff. Um, Also, we were pretty slow to warm up in this one and it kind of felt like our brains weren't working uh, for like the first half, but then we really picked up some momentum and got our heads in the game. So you can look forward to us chatting about things like blue balls, are they real, whose responsibility are they, menstrual cycle culture, vaginal lubrication and discharge, sexual dynamics and communication and just all sorts of juicy stuff like that as we meander around exploring topics that we feel strongly about um, and that get sand in our clam. We also coined terms on the fly during this episode like Velcro finger and red flag wet pussy. So stick around to find out what they mean and I hope you enjoy. Ah, shit. Far out, woman. What's got sand in your clam now? Sand in my clam! Hey, my labial love bugs. Welcome back to another installment of Sand in My Clam. I've got my dear friend Jazz here. Hey, Jazz. Hey, thanks for having me. (laughs) No worries. Um, I've been wanting to get you on the pod for fucking ages. So I just thought this kind of segment that I've just sort of introduced with the whole sound in my clam thing is the perfect way to get my mates on if we don't have, you know, a topic that's particularly educational or, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, a, a certain expertise that I can interview you on. We can still at least just have discussions about stuff that we would normally be chatting about on the phone anyway. And then I'd be like, fuck. That was a podcast episode. Wish I'd recorded that. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely had a few um, conversations like that. <laughs> yeah, so this is the perfect avenue and we've got a you know a couple of things that we could chat about. I was thinking um, 
though, that we could start with, oh, and just to give everyone a bit of context, if this is the first episode that you've listened to, um, the spiel that I am supposed to give is like Sand in My Clam. They're like shorter episodes um, of the Labia Lounge. They are an opportunity for us to chat about shit that pisses us off generally stuff that would be relatable to other people with a vagina and like living in you know a patriarchal culture and in these systems that are really not designed for us um so let's chat about this whole thing where a guy or someone with a dick can basically complain about blue balls and then use that to make it our responsibility to finish him off or make us feel bad for like giving him blue balls, you know, make us feel like his ejaculation is on us. And if we don't do that, then like what fucking wenches we are for leaving him with blue balls. Like, cause that fucking gets down in my clam. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a conversation that um, I've had with my partner a whole bunch of times and, to be fair, like growing up, I thought it was definitely a thing and definitely a, a thing that was my responsibility at times, mm. you know, which is exactly what you're talking about. And it's, um, you know, I've done little bits of reading here and there and it seems to be like uh, there was some slang that came around like 1916 or something like that. Um, oh, wow. And it feels like the... It is. It's definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing. A lot of blood gets pumped to the area. They're they're experiencing some some uncomfort, some discomfort. Um, but it sounds like it's kind of been a, a bit of a myth that's been created to pressure women into mm. you know having it be their responsibility. Um, mm. mm-hmm. And you know that sucks. That it sucks. sucks. It sucks. Yeah. And it's like I I sort of thought it was. Because it's like, is it a myth? Is it a real thing? Um, for a long time, I thought it was a myth. I've like asked various partners about it to get their hot take. And some of yeah. them have said like, yeah, no, it's definitely a thing. I feel like a lot of pain and throbbing in my body. And then other partners I've had is like, nah, like I don't really get it. I, I don't know. Um, and then if you look it up, there is like a medical term for it. Um, epididymal hypertension so it is apparently an actual thing like if they have an erection that lasts an extended period of time without ejaculation then it can kind of happen but I have I have a feeling just through like anecdotal evidence that it happens to different people to different degrees and for some it's a real issue and it's painful and for others it's like no biggie because like I swear Mm. Lockie has never complained about that once and we we practice like ejaculatory control so like he doesn't always ejaculate you know for sure and I think that there's you know I mean placebo placebo is a thing and mm. the, the mind is so powerful and I wonder whether you know if you were a male and you were convinced that that was the case um mm. that I mean you you could really focus in on that pain and be like mm. oh this is it's happening to me and I need you to fix it for me and mm. like I mean in any situation that you can convince yourself that something like that is true, you know, and Mm. the same the other way. If you were like, oh, well, that's okay. I'm not going to be able to come in this situation. I'm just going to have to deal with that. That's now my problem. There are other ways to release tension in the body, um, whether it's through, you know, going for a run and distracting your body and distracting yourself or, Mm -hmm. you know, we can move things around our body um, if we want to do that, you know. So it's definitely, I can say 
one thing is not a myth and that is it's not a woman's responsibility to mm-hmm. make a man ejaculate if he has an erection you know that's that's 100% not a myth <laughs> yeah that oh my god it's and it's so sad cuz i feel like it's it's more as with a lot of this stuff it's more the younger the younger kind of people that are using well i don't know actually for who knows probably like a bunch of old men are still using this as a as a thing um but i feel like in particular for like girls it's probably something that we feel a little bit more like uh dutiful about when we're younger because it's like we haven't totally. built up the self-respect and the self-esteem and the confidence and the knowledge of sexuality and um and I guess if you were someone who like yeah didn't didn't orgasm very easily yeah you do wind up feeling like oh well at least like he can have one even if I'm not going to have an orgasm like at least yeah. he can have one and like I'm, I may as well just you know finish him off or whatever but even that like I hate that expression like finish him off like do you want me to finish you off can you finish me <laughs> off like are you gonna finish me off it's mm. like oh that like boils my fucking blood because like yeah yeah I don't know it's just that's a whole other thing really like the whole expectation that orgasm is the, the only centric you know sex, like yeah. measurement of of a yeah, good time yeah. and a successful sexual experience or whatever like that's just annoying and minimizing all of the other pleasure that we can have and like connection totally. and stuff but like if it's you're yeah if someone yeah exactly if you're just like looking for that orgasm and being like oh like my balls are gonna hurt and I'm gonna get blue balls if you don't sort that out it's like well cool if you're actually so worried about the pain of your blue balls fucking have a bat and sort yourself out or sort me out like maybe get me involved in a way that's not just me servicing you and finishing you Mm -hmm. off like for Mm -hmm. fuck's sake or like you were saying like go for a run do some yoga like do something to like move the energy and the blood through your body and like make your erection go down through distracting yourself and just like changing tact um Mm. there's so many ways there's so many ways but it's just always been like very excusable and very like acceptable for a dude to just be like wait hang on like aren't you gonna finish me off oh but I'm gonna get blue balls if you don't like that's they've been getting away with that for so long that it's way easier to do that than to think like oh how can I maybe how can I maybe alleviate myself of this condition, real or mm. not, without mm-hmm. basically like putting it on this poor girl? <laughs> yeah, totally. And it takes away like all sort of communication that could come through in that area. It's like, well, you know, I'm going to get blue balls. So that's where it ends. You know, you need to sort this out rather than being like, let's talk about this. You know, what's going on? Why? why aren't we getting to that space, you know? Is it, like, something I'm not doing, something you're not doing? Like, can we, like, connect in a way that's going to make us both feel sort of, like, finished in any sense at the end of this? Like, Mm. does it have to be that? Like, there's never really that conversation. I've never had a conversation that starts around blue balls and ends in, like, good communication when it's somebody who's been like, I need you to sort this out for me, you know? (laughs) oh my god yeah totally it doesn't really invite like mature communication does it I think it's a fucking immature thing to demand actually I think it's an immature excuse or like thing to bring up because like you don't see us fucking doing that like we have to go without orgasm like oh my god I can't remember the percentage but a crazy percentage more often than people with penises do and you know there isn't like a common 
common condition or sentence that we say in those situations to kind of put it on them and be like, well, what the fuck? Like you owe us, you better finish us off. Like that's not, that's not happening. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can like, we don't, there is no, there's not many things in that realm, like that you can direct towards men, you know, like you can say the blue balls thing is quite similar to like, well, you're the woman, you should go and cook the dinner or you should go and, you know, these gender roles, like Mm. we don't really have that much that we can sort of throw back in the other way. Um, It's like, yeah. 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 It's, oh man. Yeah. Gender roles is going to have to be a topic that, that we cover on this at some point I think but yeah it's like oh it's just it's just frustrating because I guess we and like I always bring this up but it ties into so many things but we have been conditioned to be you know like people pleasing and self-sacrificing and to be like subservient in ways you know like that's kind of like you know being our role for a long time and the expectations on a woman in a heterodynamic, you know, they really do include us serving and giving mm-hmm. rather than like taking or receiving. Um, and so yeah. it's not that like out of the ordinary for us to have these expectations on us and to be asked to or told to do something and for us to kind of just take that on board and be like oh yeah like of course well like that's just expected you know and it's like less way less these days like I'm definitely not just you know expecting myself to always cook or do the dishes or whatever like I kind of expect a lot of of that out of my partner um because I've grown up in a different generation but like I still I still see that kind of like yes playing out I feel like this is this is something that's born out of that same time you know um So I definitely think I agree with you. Like I don't live in a household where I'm um, made to to fit the the role of a woman within the household or anything mm. like that, um, nor in my sex life. But, you know, I know a lot of people who still are stuck in that position. Um, yeah. And, you know, on the topic of like self, self-sacrifice, um, you know, we experience our menstrual cycles and pains and all sorts of other things. Like, I feel like I get like a, a week's break out of my cycle from experiencing either like hormonal um, influence or, or pain or, you know, whatever it is that's around my menstrual cycle. And, you know, it's not um, like I, I was just um, listening to the news the other night about female athletes trying to, be recognized when they're Mm. going through their menstrual cycles you know and that's not something that we've been able to turn into like hey this is your problem and you need to fix this or you need to do something about this to make it easier for me you know we're (laughs) sort of stuck being like not even noticed and having to just like push through like that's not a problem and if you do bring it up you know it's like and should be the same for blue balls it's like dude that's not my that's not my realm. That's your, those are your balls. And if they're blue, you need to go and like fix that color wheel for yourself. Like that's not, 
I'm not experiencing that. Yeah, you know. Totally. Yeah, totally. And I think like a lot of things have come a long way. But then Mm -hmm. when it comes to sex, because it's less talked about, it's kind of in the shadows, it's behind closed doors. um, It's really triggering for a lot of people. There's a lot of like conditioning and trauma around that. That just layers on top of the existing kind of like expectations of women to be people pleasing and self-sacrificing and and serving Mm. of like the man so then like it's slower to change like I I feel Uh like it's been slower to change because there's these dynamics that go on in the bedroom and no one really talks about them and like I'll meet you know back when I was dating like I'd meet a dude who seemed really progressive and like really switched on and he seemed like a feminist and it was all great 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 I was like wow holy fuck this is amazing and then we'd get to the bedroom and it was just like straight back to the 1900. It was just like he, hadn't, <laughs> he was not progressive or, you know, a, a sort of feminist in that department at all. Right, and it's yeah. like, well, because we're not talking about it and it's happening behind closed doors. So there isn't like the accountability. There isn't, you know, this like obvious change and shift happening um, as quickly as with like, other sorts of things like you know the domestic housework and gender roles yeah 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 no for sure Um, sure. yeah which is why like the orgasm gap is still so fucking massive and Mm -hmm. it's just yeah it's just a bummer it's a bad bummer and like yeah the whole the whole thing you were mentioning about um menstrual cycle stuff like they are so quick to be like ew that's not my problem like that's your fucking uterus and your bloody fanny like yeah I don't want to know about it and it's like shame and disgust and repulsion um and just ignorance and so you know we're made to feel like that about our bodies whereas like they're very happily whinging about like their blue balls or whatever we get jizz on us we we're expected to like you know, sometimes have it in our mouths or swallow or like have it in our vaginas. Like jizz is just this normalized thing. Totally. Whereas like people are so grossed out by period blood or vaginal discharge. And it's like, they're both coming out of your fucking genitals. Like what totally. is the difference here? Why is it, why is there this judgment and shame put on us around things that come out of our vagina when you're like proud of like how much jizz comes out of your dick hole? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, even like there's, we're expected to have like such a lack of sense, uh, such a, a an amount of sensitivity when talking about like penises. You know, like we have to, we have to like, oh wow, it's so amazing, it's so big, it's so beautiful. Like we love it so much. And then when it comes to us talking about our bits, it's like, oh hey, don't like, ooh, like save that for the lights off in the bedroom. It's like, what are you, what? Mm. This is backwards. Yeah. 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 Big time. Mm. <laughs> so I guess takeaway message is like blue balls are not our responsibility. Everyone, people, blue balls are not your responsibility. If someone is trying to put that on you and whinging about it, no, like, no. Of course, you can, like, you know, um, have a mutual uh, investment in one another's pleasure and want mm-hmm. to give pleasure. Giving pleasure is really fun and enjoyable and pleasurable sometimes, and that's great. But if it's this expected thing that at the end of every single sexual or intimate encounter, you know, he has to come, otherwise it's not over, and then that falls on you, um, and then he uses, like, you know, blue balls, or even even if he doesn't mention blue balls and it's still just like, oh, but, like, 
I haven't I finished haven't yet. Finished Aren't you yet. gonna finish me? Oh, <laughs> fuck. Um, you know, that's also unacceptable. That's fucking ridiculous. That's complete yeah. inequality with like expectations around orgasm and pleasure. And it's also stupid because it's dumb. Because like <laughs> orgasm isn't the be and end all and it doesn't fucking like you know, my partner often doesn't ejaculate and he prefers that because he can kind of like keep that energy inside yeah, him and he yeah. doesn't feel depleted afterwards. He doesn't feel kind of like, you know, like he needs to withdraw and have a fucking nap. And he's still mm. he, like being able to enjoy all of the intimacy and connection and pleasure leading up to it. And I mm-hmm. think if you're like putting the effort into the foreplay and all the other stuff and like massage and really? and whatever then like by the time that you've done all of that and then maybe you've had some penetrative sex like you've you've kind of had like a big degustation of like yummy connection and touch and pleasure anyway so like orgasm would be the cherry on top sure but it's not essential for that experience to be great you know no no I mean and as a woman I imagine like a huge percentage of other women um also have to um stimulate themselves whilst having sex to reach yeah. orgasm. So it's something that we're really used to. I, of, mm. I don't want to speak for everybody, but, you know, a lot of people, especially sort of like trying when you're younger and you're trying to find it. And mm-hmm. even that like see, is seen as kind of, you know, like a guy can be on a fucking bus and feel like they can stroke their dick while they look at a person. And that's like, I mean, it's not okay. It's obviously not okay. But it's definitely something you see far more with males, you know, just like sexualizing situations and feeling more comfortable about themselves and their genitals and that being like something that they can just expose and make everybody's problem and make people feel uncomfortable. Uh And, you know, I feel like as a woman, you, you know, you have to sort of like get through this part, you're having sex and you're like, I'm okay, I'm going to touch myself because they're not, you know, they're not really getting around it right now. And you help yourself, you know. As, as women, we're far more independent when it comes to our orgasms than than the males are, you know, in in that sort of intimate situation. Like I've never, I don't think I've ever made somebody make me calm, you know. Yeah, I've definitely run away and done it myself. <laughs> Excuse the interruption, my loves, but I'm shamelessly seeking reviews and five-star ratings for the potty because, as I'm sure you've noticed by now, it's pretty fab, and the more people who get to hear it, the more people it can help. Reviews and ratings help me curry favor with the algorithmic gods and get suggested to other listeners to check out. Plus, they make me feel really good and appreciated as I continue to pour my heart and soul into creating this baby for you. And I promise I don't maz over them or anything. I mostly just tuck them away for a rainy day when I'm filled with self-doubt and existential dread about being self-employed, which is fairly frequently. (laughs) So you see, leaving a review really does make a difference and it's an easy little act of support that you can take in just a minute or two by either going to Spotify and leaving five stars for the show or writing a written review and leaving five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Choose your poison, or if you're a real overachiever, you could do both. Whoa now. If you are writing a review, though, just be sure to only use G-rated words, because despite the fact that this is a podcast about sexuality, words like sex can be censored and your review won't actually show up. Lame. Anyway, oh, oh, what was that? Oh, you're going to go do it right now while I wait. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great idea. May as well just quickly click that five-star button before we get on with it and, you know, like 
forget about it and get on with your day. Um, um, oh, I'm hearing them roll in. I'm hearing those five stars. <laughs> oh my God, I make myself cringe. Anyway, uh, thank you much, Lee. You're a total gem and I'll let you get back to the episode now. Yeah, which is so, yeah. like, so doable. It's an option. And like, yeah, like you're saying, the the option is also there to like involve touching yourself when you're with someone and like yeah I think it's a bit like there is a bit of um like backlash with this sometimes that I hear about through working with like so many different clients where like the 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 man in that equation will be offended and yeah, feel yeah, yeah. like emasculated or like oh what am uh-huh. I not good enough like you have to touch yourself he, he almost like gets jealous of her own hand and like I've yeah. even heard about men not not wanting their like partners to masturbate without them um or, or like masturbate at all just because it's like, oh, but like you could just have sex with me instead. Like why yeah. are you masturbating? Like who are you thinking about? So then all that jealousy and insecurity comes in around their masculinity. And I think sometimes like if if women bring toys in into oh, the yeah, bedroom, like sure. that can be really threatening for a guy and they can be like, what the fuck? Like, you know, just shaming the, the woman basically because of their own ego and their insecurities. Um, and like I definitely – don't like consciously I don't agree with any of this but I still you know coming from my background and all the you know like weird um like challenges that I had around sex and shame and my body and pleasure like I've dealt with most of it but there's still remnants of that left and I still would find myself like if I were to um feel the urge to like touch myself while I was like with my partner um, I feel this like gross, like, sh- like shameful kind of embarrassment arise mm-hmm. in me because mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with doing that in front of someone. And it's yeah. really interesting because I'm like, whoa, where is yeah. that coming from? I can't believe that's still there. Like, totally. it's like, I love the idea of it and I feel empowered sexually and confident. And I know I'm safe with my partner and all of that. But then like, there's this visceral reaction in me that tries to prevent me from doing that. Cause it's like embarrassing and, and I feel ashamed to touch myself yeah. in front of someone. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree. I also feel, I feel the, um, you know, the past blue ball conversation in my mind. Like if, if I orgasm before my partner orgasms, I'm like, Oh my God, like now, okay, we've got to get him, you know, mm-hmm. and I have those thoughts too that pop in same when I'm, yeah, when I want to touch myself, I feel that I'm like, oh, is he going to feel like he's not doing a great job? Like my whole mm. sexual brain then goes into, does he not feel like the God in this situation? Am yeah. I like bringing his status down in yeah. his mind? Yeah, and, yeah. and I really, you know, when I look back on all those times that have like traumatized me into thinking that, I don't really think a lot of the men that were, in those past situations with me were thinking about, you know, my goddess head in that moment and whether I was feeling totally. like, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It definitely doesn't feel like there's a an equal exchange of that kind mm. of, um, I mean, everybody has um, anxieties around sex and um, that sort of thing, but it definitely feels like it's really split the way that we think mm. about it as mm. women and men you know, totally, and the responsibility of women and men, you know, like even it's so present just 
you know, you'll be walking down the street and guys in trucks like honking at you and like just sexualizing you as you walk down the street. Mm. And then, you know, it's like you just so rarely see that the other way around. Like you just so rarely. And it's not like women don't think like that, you know. It's not like I don't see a sexy guy walking down the street and think, yeah, ooh, I want to make a loud sound as you go by. (laughs) But it just doesn't, like, it just doesn't feel necessary, you know. It feels like there's way more tactful ways to, to, you know, proposition somebody dude and we're also just conscious of not making other people feel uncomfortable which comes back to like the empathy and the like you know us actually caring and like feeling like it's you know we have respect for other people's boundaries a bit more I think and you know that's that's been kind of Mm. bred into us through like that yeah original people pleasing stuff that we're talking about and it but it's like a good thing to have respect for people's boundaries and be you know empathetic about how they're going to feel and not wanting to make them feel comfortable. So like, yeah, I was actually going to say, I was thinking as well while you were talking um, about how, I mean, I'm in, a, in an amazing relationship right now. Um, we're really different people. We're communicating and we're learning the joy of compromise um, and, you know, on, on all sort of um, areas of the relationship and in the bedroom He's so um, perceptive and gentle and, yeah, just really observant of sort of what I need. Mm. And when I have stimulated myself and then the next time we've been in the bedroom, he has gone to play with me, he's tried to emulate what I'm doing. And Mm. I remember when he spoke to me about it, he was like, yeah, no, you go to the left or like you do this. And I'm like, I was like, whoa, like you've taken the time to like notice what I'm doing. Yeah. And And then, yeah. And then trying to, trying to do the dance. And I was like, whoa, that I, I feel like I've never experienced that, you know, or it's so rare Mm. to have somebody not feel emasculated by it, but be like, ooh, tips, tools. Yeah, yeah. I could use this, you know, which is essentially what I'm doing if I ever watch somebody play with themselves. I'm like, okay. Exactly. It's And that's how it should be. It's like a collab. You're not like, you know, just (laughs) these individuals trying to get off and like who, you know, who can get the most pleasure out of this. Like you're you're a team. You're ideally working together to both enjoy pleasure and give and receive pleasure. Um, and it's really nice. Like I've, I've been lucky enough to have a few partners that pay attention to that sort of thing. And, you know, Mm. they'll take, they'll take those little hints, um, as, as guidance or, you know, ask Mm. for direction and they won't be emasculated or like take it personally. They'll just be like, fuck yeah, I'm getting better at, Mm. you know, loving you up and pleasuring you. And all of this Mm -hmm. is valuable. Like they're learning on the job, you know? So I think that's like really where we want to be ideally. And like I was thinking back to, oh, yuck. It's like it makes me kind of like feel a bit yuck thinking about it. But like back when I was young um, and I was super fucked up around sex and I was like very repulsed by my partner um, by the end and more so because – it kind of got to the point where like 
he really was just like expecting certain things of me and taking mm. things and I would mm. like I'd be like I can't like I just cannot have sex with this person mm. so he would get me to um just like lie next to him while he jerked off and like mm. get me to like kiss him or would like grope mm. me and like squeeze me and touch me while he was jerking himself off and sometimes he would like get my hand and wrap it around his dick and I wouldn't even like yeah. I couldn't even bring myself to like give him a hand job mm. I was like really weird about all of that sort of stuff like I, I had never given oral I didn't mm. like to really touch a penis I'd like hold it but I didn't like to go up and down there was something about like actually giving a wristy that like really it was and I don't really know like I haven't delved I don't know if I really tried to get to the nitty-gritty of that I I I guess maybe it was about like I don't I don't know anyway I couldn't do it I didn't do it so I would like be willing to put my hand around his cock but then he would have to move my hand up and down I didn't wow. I didn't like the kind of porn like action of like a fast kind of hand job and yeah. I didn't want to like participate. So yeah. if he did it though, if he moved my hand, that was okay because it wasn't really me doing it. It's pretty right. fucking it's pretty bizarre to think about it actually. It feels like it was another person. It was so long ago. Um yeah. But I was just so uncomfortable with all of it. And so I would like, yeah, just lie next to him and he would kind of use me as like a bit of a sex prop um, and get himself off using me and my body. Um, and just the like the like sweaty, breathy, like mm. horny, gross vibes of that next to me happening and me just being like, oh, my God, just let this be over, hurry up and come yeah. so that I can stop, you know, like. I still yeah. remember that and I'm like, oh, yeah. what the fuck? Like yeah. that's such an interesting dynamic and the fact that like I, both of us obviously just accepted the fact that like it was my responsibility to at least help him get off because help if him, I wasn't yeah, going to yeah, have yeah. sex with him, then like mm. I may as well at least make myself useful and make myself available to him to use in that instance. You know, like, oh, yeah, makes mm. me shudder. Yeah. yeah, no, I definitely, I feel like you'd be hard-pressed to find a woman that doesn't have some sort of relatable experience to that, you know. Um, yeah. And also the other side, hard-pressed to find a woman who is running around, like running that racket. Like I don't feel like a, a woman's sexual needs have ever being that powerful, you know, like just yeah, running that they talking would like, about it. Yeah. yeah, that they're like, and that they you would know, put their needs first and and demand something of someone else, even if they clearly didn't want to. Yeah, like, like holding holding a guy hostage, you know, once yeah. a day, just for half an hour, while you just kneel over the top of them and like, yeah, one out exactly. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> that shit ain't happening. Yeah, but if you find that woman, I want to talk to that woman. Totally. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's full on. That's really, really full on. Mm. I mean, I I feel like when I was younger, I didn't even have any information around – like I used to think that getting wet was disgusting. Like I – when I was – I don't know in my early teens and I just started exploring all that sort of stuff. I remember Mm -hmm. being like in the cinemas and, you know, making out with some guy and like putting my hands down their pants and like just sort of like rubbing around and 
sussing that out and them then trying to get in my pants and me being like, oh my God. They're gonna um, they're gonna feel that, that I'm stuff. wet. I'm yeah, disgusting. And I'd run to the bathroom and like Wipe try to dry mm-hmm. it all out mm-hmm. and then come back with this like poor sad little pussy that's confused and an even more confused head and just be like, oh, my God, I hope they don't feel that, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's so sad. I know. So, so sad. I felt like that not even that long ago, really. Like even after I'd like done all like a bunch of um, work around sexuality and, and whatever, like there was, like I was saying, you know, earlier around like my head understanding like, oh, like this is totally fine and I'm not yeah. ashamed and grossed out by it. But they're just still still being some remnants of like my past conditioning mm. that like rear their ugly head and make me feel ashamed. It was mm. like, I don't know, maybe five years ago, like not that long ago. Yeah. I was yeah. well on my way. I was already like doing yoni mapping therapy. Like I was well on my way, you know, in this career. And I like remember getting really really wet with this dude that I just started hooking up with like we hadn't had sex or anything we we're just making out I think that's why it was so hot because it was like I didn't want to like yeah. I didn't want to have sex with this guy he was like oh, yeah. a little bit unhinged and I was like no it's going to be bad mm-hmm. he's going to become very obsessed with me I can already tell <laughs> like one of those <laughs> I was like nah fuck like anyway so, <laughs> so we were just making out I don't think there was even anything else involved and might have been his pheromones might have been like like mm-hmm. I don't quite know what did it because like, it's just like that red flag wet pussy thing you know yeah, like, yeah red flag wet pussy. Ooh, this is dangerous Ooh. <laughs> um it was unbelievable it was like yeah. ripping like wet yeah. on the bed I couldn't I was like what the fuck this is actually the wettest I've ever fucking been um and which was confusing because like my head was like oh my god like there's no way that there's any future with this guy like after tonight I'm probably not going to see him I have no intention of sleeping with him it was a good kisser though and I guess he smelled good and fuck knows but my body was into it um and I desperately didn't want him to notice or to find out and I was like tucking my hand down there and like wiping it away and like wiping it on the bed and just being like oh my god and I like ran to the toilet at one point to like mop yeah. some of it up yeah that's I was like you know 25 or something like yeah it wasn't when I was a teenager you know anymore and you know, definitely when I was a teenager, I was mortified if there was any moisture at all. I just, oh goodness, I yeah. could not abide by that. I was like, holy fuck, how embarrassing. That's disgusting. Like I hated mm. any moisture mm. there, which was just because I guess I had no idea. Like I didn't have the education. I had no knowledge or information about what that was and why and whether it was a good or a bad thing. I just basically totally. was like, oh, well, it must be a bad thing and disgusting because yeah. we we just see vaginal discharge and lubrication as this kind of gross thing unless it's like, you know, in porn or you have an understanding of what it is, which I think comes with like age and experience. But as yeah. a young, yeah. yeah, as a young person, I was like mortified by it. Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, and then the other, it's so sad because, like, you you don't really learn about any of that stuff. And then eventually, you know, all of that um, repressed energy that you're sort of put away 
ends up leaving you not wet. And that's yeah. another problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> like exactly. Win. <laughs> yep. Totally. Yeah. I feel like just yeah. suppress that so much that now it's like giving up, the, giving up the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Got to reach for the lube, which then there's yeah. all this shame around having to use lube. Like having there's a lot of stigma yeah. around that. And it's exactly. like, oh, what are you like a fucking dry as a desert, like yeah. old, old shriveled up, you know, prune. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just can't win, can you? No, no, definitely. I love, not. I love lube though. Like honestly, I think a lot of the time I don't get wet um, initially and I just need to use lube to get going so that things feel nice and slippery and then they feel flexible yeah. enough to self lubricate. And that is like just such a go to now. It's like, everything feels better when it's slippery even like if I'm gonna play with a dick I'll get some like oil some I like make my own lube um Uh so that it's slippery and it feels good feels better for them and then you know they'll put some on me and it feels better for Uh me because it's like already slippery and then there's not the like pressure of having to self-lubricate and being like oh my god oh my god I'm not wet enough and like their finger feels like velcro and it's really grippy (laughs) and like oh no like because that doesn't feel pleasurable and then you're in your fucking head trying to like force yourself to get wet and being Mm. like shit and then how do you feel about the like the dipping the the like licking of the finger and then putting it down there like when a guy does that yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I was just about to go. There. I mean, I I'm into that. Like, I think because you know that's like a it's another form of a natural lube. Mm-hmm. It's it's with you wherever you are. Um, <laughs> On tap. And yeah. I, look, I I think that that is totally acceptable. And I think not enough men are doing that. Like, if you if you put your hand down there and it's not wet, like whatever you've got to make that better for me. I'm down with that. You know, that shows me that you understand what it, what is necessary for this to continue. Like I definitely am much more keen on, on that situation than somebody that just keeps trying when it's like that. Cause that's just, that's just going to dry that, that section yeah, out it doesn't more than anything good. else. No, it feels terrible. Yeah. It feels terrible. But the lack of knowledge around like, you know, a woman's vagina is, is terrible. Like of, of all the sexual encounters I've had, I really, I could only count on, on one hand how many times a guy has just gone down there and been like really perceptive and really mm. sort of worked their way towards whatever they want to be doing to it. You know, mm. it feels like men tend, I mean, I I have my own, you know, I know what I'd like to do to a penis. I know what I'd, what I sort of imagine, you know, the perfect penis in my mind and what it would like done to it, you know, yeah. and then that's like enjoyable for me. But then there's also like <gasps> my my vagina and what it likes. What And then there's like what I would like it to like, you know, but mm. what it likes is what it likes. And I haven't had many people come along that are just willing to sort of try different things and move mm-hmm. slowly and get there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. I think lube is great. I think saliva is great. I think all of it leads to much better sex. Um, yeah. You know, much more sustainable sex. Like you can't, yeah, it, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, without lubrication, you can't be having sex for long before it's just fucking sore and chafed and inflamed. Exactly. Like, and if you're starting out from a place of dryness and can't, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, you want to get that shit moist and lubricated as soon as possible so as that everything possible. from that point onwards feels nice and slippery rather than like waiting until, yeah, further down proceedings to, yeah, which like I used to, I used to do like when I was so ashamed of my own like fluids, um, yeah. I would kind of rely on you know, penetrative sex for it Mm -hmm. to start to lubricate when there was actually already a dick inside and lubrication was almost forced because it was like, Mm -hmm. fuck, I need to produce some kind of slippery stuff here because there's like a dick going in and out and it's painful, you know, and so it wasn't lubrication of arousal. It was like lubrication of protection. Yeah, well, Mm. yeah, yeah, totally. I feel like I've been in that position so many times. Like I've, I've definitely sat and just let, you know, just been like, oh, the, the pain will pass and it will mm. be okay. Mm. Or, you know, and then the next day they want to have sex again and you're like, I'm like, I'm ruined. You know, this yeah. is going to take days. To, and you still just kind of like, oh, well, okay. Like, oh, oh, just get oh like, fuck. That yeah. breaks my heart. Yeah. It, yeah. It breaks my heart too. My Like thinking of my young self is, is, often sad in those situations and I think like I I wanted to empower myself and I wanted to be I I would I felt like I had a lot of sexual energy and so I wanted to to experience it and explore it um and so I was like willing but then it would sort of take a turn and be like not so comfortable anymore Mm. and I didn't know how to move those situations you know I knew Mm. how to get into them I didn't know how to like sort of massage yeah. them around and change them yeah. once I was there. Yeah. Um, totally. And that really sucked because it meant that I just got myself into so many of those shitty situations, uh, you know, because yeah. I kept I kept trying. I kept going back in and being like, oh, yeah, this time it'll just, it'll just work, you know, and not realising yeah. that, like, they just never felt like there was room for conversation around it, you know, mm. to sort of mm-hmm. stop for a second and be like, yo, actually, that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not, feeling right you know and it is hard because especially like when you first meet somebody um you can literally be having a conversation and get wet you know that excitement of the first sort of moments of sexual tension can be enough um and then as it progresses after a few times it does take a lot more work you know Mm. and that's when I think like often it would get really difficult for me in those situations when I was younger because the first few times it was fine. And then yeah. as it wasn't fine, I didn't know how to to explain that it wasn't fine. Yeah. And it wasn't anything yeah. that they were doing. It was just, yeah. you know, yeah. we don't, yeah, it can be a bit harder to just get wet when you know somebody yeah. and you know what they're going to do and you know you're not going to like it. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. And it just comes back to, like, feeling yeah. as though it's our responsibility to, like, pleasure them or let them take pleasure from us and our bodies. And, like, if that weren't the case, we would 100% be like, stop, that hurts. Like, if anything yeah. else hurt, if someone was doing something to us that hurt, that was non-sexual, mm. we would let them know generally um but because it's sexual it's like oh and you know you got yourself into this situation because we were having this misguided idea of like what it looked like to be a sexually empowered woman and you know 
kind of sold this idea that like sexually empowered woman goes out and fucking has a bunch of sex and like doesn't get emotionally attached and just uses people for sex and it's like nah we're still being used for sex like let's face it and we're staying in these like getting into these situations trying to be sexually empowered and then staying in them when we have none of the tools to kind of like navigate them in a way that actually feels empowering and actually like you know teaches the other person about like you know what it is to be a good lover or like communicate about someone's needs and boundaries like it's just all so dysfunctional and it yeah it makes me really sad to think about my younger self as well in these situations because like it's very hard to speak up it's very hard to feel as though our our needs are as valid and you know worth worth the the time worth Mm. worth um you know, breaking the flow or sort of making things awkward or like Mm. there's so many reasons that we like keep our mouths shut and we just try to roll with it and we like let our vaginas suffer through it in silence Mm. because it's easier to do that and sacrifice our own bodies and our own kind of like comfort um, Mm. than actually saying something and then making it weird Mm. and then maybe reacting badly or, Mm. you know, like, and that's just a whole other fucking thing is like when people, men in particular, react badly when we give them feedback or when we try to give them guidance or if we do speak up and say like, oh, actually, like, that doesn't feel great like that. Could we try it like this? Or like, can we Mm. stop? Because then it's like if it's painful, usually I'd get into these situations, it would get to the point where it was so painful. I was like, I need to stop. But then if you say I need to stop, they're like, oh but I haven't yeah. finished. <laughs> and then we're back at the blue balls thing and the fucking, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. You need to start coining some terms, you know. Totally. Like, like the Velcro finger. You've got Velcro <laughs> finger, you know. <laughs> there needs to be some terminology here. Women. I, you know, and I even think it's so sad that like, I mean, I'm so happy to talk to anyone about these sort of things. You know, I work at a cafe at the moment and if a woman came in and they wanted to have that conversation while I made their coffee, I'd be totally down to talk about it. Um, But I feel like even in the space of chatting to women about these sorts of things, I find that a lot of the time the reaction is the same. It's kind of like it's not spoken about that much, you know, Mm. like if I'm sitting around a bunch of girls and I just bring that up, there's going to be a couple of them that are like, oh, I don't, I don't share in that way. You know, mm. it's still sort of seen, that sort of conservative yeah. female perspective of it mm. is still ha- happening way more than yeah. I would think that, you know, we've progressed so far. Totally. And yet that conversation is still a little bit like, mm, you know. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And even when you don't get the like averse reactions of like discomfort mm. and like, ooh, like don't talk about that. Um you'll still like I still get reactions from people that are positive but just show how unusual it is that I'm talking yeah, about yeah, my yeah. period. Like I'll I'll just mm-hmm. start talking about my period or something or other. And like I've had even just recently like some new friends that I met at a festival like be be like, oh my God, it's so like amazing and inspiring that you talk about this stuff so openly. Like I've never seen anyone do that. Like it's really, mm. it feels really amazing to feel open enough to discuss this, you know, because I'd mm. just met them, which mm-hmm. like, 
for me, I'm like, whatever. Like I literally don't even bat an eyelid. I'll tell my barista about my period. Like I don't care. Um, but yeah, the, these like people were just so like amazed. And I was like, yeah. oh fuck, like you need some more people in your life that talk about this stuff openly. Cause I cannot be the first and only person that does it. Like what's going on here? You know, it's just not common yet. Yeah. It's not so, common. No, yeah. no. I think, yeah, I get, I get a lot of reactions. Like when I'm, when I start bleeding and I'm on the coffee machine, like any female that comes in, how, how are you today? I'm bleeding. That's, that's my answer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, I get, I do get like, I don't know, probably like 60 or 70% of women that are like, oh yeah, cool. You know? Yeah. And then you do get like a whole nother area of reactions there that's just like, whoa, like how do you, how are you still in this space? Like, do you, you bleed once a month as well? Like, we, yeah, it's it's really strange. Yeah, it's really, yeah. really strange. Totally. Yeah. Hey, me again. If you'd like to support the potty and you've already given it five stars on whatever platform you're listening on, I want to mention that you can buy some really dope merch from the website and get yourself a labia lounge tote, tea, togs. Yep, you heard that right. I even have labia lounge bathers. Or a cute fanny pack if that'd blow your hair back. So uh, if fashion isn't your passion, though, you can donate to my Buy Me A Coffee donation page, which is actually called Buy Me A Soy Chai Latte, because I'll be the first to admit, I'm a bit of a Melbourne cafe tosser like that. And yes, that is my coffee order. (laughs) You can do a once-off donation or an ongoing membership and sponsor me for as little as three fat ones a month. And I also have a Sunroom profile over on the Sunroom app, as I've mentioned, And I also offer one-on-one coaching and online courses that'll help you level up your sex life and relationship with yourself and others in a really big way. So every bit helps because it ain't cheap to put out a sweet podcast uh, into the world every week out of my own pocket. So I will be undyingly grateful if you support me and my biz financially in any of these ways. And if you like, I'll even give you a mental BJ with my mind from the lounge itself. Saucy. Um, I'll pop the links in the show notes. Thank you. Later. I also think it's like important, maybe not in that same context of like a total stranger, um, but I I think it's important to talk to men about menstrual stuff as well. Like, you know, For not sure. just all men and strangers. And you can pick your battles. Some <laughs> some you can just tell there's no fucking point. But like yeah, the, yeah. the people in my life, like my male friends and yeah, yeah. like, you know, brother or whatever, like I I make a point of just talking openly about that stuff. And I'm not like doing it to try to make them uncomfortable or gross them out. But if it does, fucking good. So like that needs to be sorted out. Like that's their problem that that makes them feel uncomfortable. And, um, you know, and I think it's good to push people a little bit because it should be more normalized and it's like doing them, uh, I think it's doing men a service to talk about them around, uh, talk about it around them. Actually something fucking so gorgeous I have to get him on the pod to talk about it, but my partner Lockie, um, he says that like he'll meet people at parties or where you know he'll meet people who get chatting with chicks and um, chicks um, with chick <laughs> women and uh, it's the bogan in me that's still. <laughs> um, and he said he's like told me on multiple occasions like that when 
the women he's chatting to find out, um, you know, maybe I'll come up in conversation or whatever and Uh he'll like talk about me as his partner. They'll find out what I do for work. And then he's like, it's almost as as though it automatically just drops the conversation into a whole new space because they go, oh, you're safe. You're a safe space. Uh Not only do you have Uh a partner, but she works in this realm of like sexuality and menstrual cycles and fucking, you know, like Uh genitals. So you must therefore by proxy just be like a safe space to talk to about that stuff because like also Uh to give him credit, he is a very warm, beautiful person that you feel comfortable with like immediately and he creates a safe space regardless of like me and my job so he's already Uh done a bit of groundwork creating the safe space just by being himself but then Uh yeah he says like when they find out what I do they always end up talking to him about sex or their periods or their relationship and he's like Uh I fucking love that people Uh like that women feel comfortable and safe around me to talk about their periods and I fucking get off on it in this weird way that's like fuck yeah this is so rare for a woman to especially someone he doesn't know who has just met to like Uh talk to him about these topics that are usually so like taboo and out of bounds and he's like yeah "Yeah, it's just epic like I feel really privileged and honored that they feel comfortable enough to talk to me about these topics that are usually off limits and that like makes him feel really good about himself and that yeah, he can create yeah, yeah. that safe space for them because they obviously yeah. need it because there aren't enough yeah. of, there isn't enough of that and i think talking to a man and having that masculine presence you know able to hold space for the chats around the feminine stuff is like very healing and i yeah. just thought that was yeah. so beautiful <laughs> totally i think um it's funny i had a uh, an experience because I have um, I have a labia lounge sticker that nice. is on my <laughs> on my water bottle and I take that into work every day. And one day, one of the guys I worked with um, turned around, like saw it, and he was like, "Labia lounge," and like kind of, yeah. I didn't know what the reaction was going to be, <laughs> but I felt like he was like about to sort of like he. It was like he felt uncomfortable, and so he had to start like making jokes or something, yeah. you know. Yeah, and all of a sudden, you know, and I got really protective because I was like, "Hey, hang on a minute," and um, <laughs> so I went into a little bit of detail and like explained you know about yoni mapping and him and the other girl that were working there were just like what like what is this you know no idea whatsoever and initially it was like by the in the beginning of the description um it was almost like they were feeling like it was um you know like sex work sort of thing yeah and then all of a sudden like I'm starting to bring it into things that they understand, you know, Mm. people who are, because I was like, you know, think about the kind of people who would need this kind of therapy, this kind of treatment. Think about things that they might have been through, people with trauma around sex and all this sort of stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, it was like this guy realises he's in an actual conversation that's got a lot of depth to it and that, you know, he's probably got friends who have been through things that could actually benefit from this. Mm. And, you know, it was like his attitude just totally changed. And it was a similar sort of thing where it was like all of a sudden he felt safe and that whole like egoic like ha, 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 laughter thing yeah. around labia yeah. just went into like, ooh, you know, my mom, my sister, you know. Yes. And it got like it got yeah. into a place where he could speak from an emotional place. And I was mm. like, yeah, you know. Fuck just, yeah. Yeah. So the stickers are good. <laughs> I'll send you a bumper sticker. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. I love Ooh. hearing that because those are the big wins when there's like that kind of like um, that that kind of um, um, not like I wouldn't say like toxic mask, but almost like a defensiveness and a bit of a like jokey like take the piss totally like, or, 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 or like. Um, yeah, I think this guy's like, you know, he's pretty conservative and like we have a good relationship. He's conservative. I don't come off as conservative. So I think that like anytime he, he sees anything that's kind of like connected to me in that way, he kind of like, you know, t- tries to like sort of get involved or like, you know, he's the kind of person that I feel like would be, you know, oh, she probably sells weed. She has dreadlocks, you know, that kind of like <laughs> yeah, yeah. just going to make yeah. assumptions around like the way that I look. And yeah. then all of a sudden, once you break it down, you're like, whoa, oh, actually. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Well, I'm glad you broke into his sheltered bubble and started him thinking about these sorts of things. And I think it would be healing for him as well to be able to talk to a woman about this stuff. Um, yeah. 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 That's really cool. Because it did feel like that once it sort of, like once the conversation got rolling, in the, like initially I felt like I had to defend the sticker yeah. and what it meant and what it stood for. Yeah. And then once we got into the conversation, I realised that he was the one who was, not insecure or uncomfortable. He just wasn't, he, he wasn't like heaps experienced in that space yeah. of conversation. He didn't expect to be able to just have that conversation over the coffee machine on a Monday morning at 7am, you know, yeah. and that that was, that was totally fine and normal, you know, mm. and that I would put a sticker like that on my drink bottle, mm. you know, it didn't feel like for him that was something that he encountered often, whereas totally. for me in my life and the people I surround myself with, you know, this is common conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was really, really cool to, to have that conversation with him. What? And it's definitely yeah. led into a lot more com- a lot more conversations around that stuff, you know. Like wow. I think it is a nice thing to be around people like that and just slip little things in here and there and be like, definitely. Oh, let's see definitely. if we can, yeah. you know, let's see if yeah. we can have this conversation. Just plant some seeds, crack a door open, you know. I I think that's like, yeah, that's something I love doing and often I'll test the waters by like dropping a little something, something into a conversation or a social setting and I'll just see like who bites, who recoils, you know, Mm -hmm. who's actually interested and and willing and who's got their defences up and – yeah, it is. It is like I feel like it's a bit of a public service. Like the what because uh-huh. you're you do the same thing as me. Like we really love to have conversations, and we love to have conversations about basically everything and anything. So there isn't there isn't really anything off limits. And yeah, I think for so many people, there are a lot of topics that are off limits, and you know, it's kind of freeing and healing for people to be uh-huh. able to you know find someone who's willing and comfortable and courageous enough to talk about it. So, like, I think it's cool that we're just going around, like, cracking open little convos with people that might not normally do it. So I would invite all the listeners, please, just because what I've found is, like, if you lead by example and if you open up a topic or you show a bit of um, honesty or vulnerability about something that people might not normally share, nothing Uh crazy, just, just, Uh you know, here and there, you will find 
generally that people take that and they're like, oh, amazing, okay, because you've set the bar and they're like, oh, cool, well, maybe now I can share something a bit vulnerable or a little bit personal and maybe now you've turned into a safe space for them and the conversation, the quality of conversation and the depth completely changes and then it just has all this potential to go into spaces that, you know, there were were barriers to before. So I think like, yeah, I'm really passionate about, yeah, getting these conversations a bit more common, normalizing certain topics. And yeah, if you want a labia lounge sticker to to put somewhere conspicuous <laughs> and open up a conversation, just a bit of a convo starter, a bit of an icebreaker, I will fucking send you one for free. Just get in touch with me. Um, and, and I encourage you to just like, yeah, open up these convos or at least create space for them to happen. Um, totally. And, you know, use yeah, the podcast as an excuse. Yeah, you'd be yeah surprised. exactly. You'd be so surprised. I mean, I had this conversation. It was, I think, it was also sparked by the sticker with my dad. You know, and oh. like cause my my dad hears about you, and you know, when I'm down in Melbourne and you're down there, and, and we catch up and whatever, and like, remember that? Remember that girl that I used to hang out with, and she lived down there, blah blah. And you know, one time I was trying to explain the labia lounge to my dad, and you know, that was an awkward conversation because. <laughs> now my dad and I talking about sex and, oh my god you know but it was really cool like when once I got into the therapy side of things and the fact that it is just an alternative therapy and as soon as you start to like bring in the idea of people who have had a bad time people who have had a really really bad time mm-hmm. and then somebody who's willing to literally dive into that with somebody and physically and emotionally sit in that tension with somebody all of a sudden we were in a whole nother conversation you know and I think that that's the thing it's like that oftentimes even coming back to the blue balls thing if you're willing to sit in that tension for just a few minutes while you kind of like get comfy and be like okay hang on Mm. like there's more to this than just like the entrance point you know it's not just sex it is communication it's intimacy it's all of these Mm. things and then you know in that conversation with my dad it's not it's not just about vaginas dad it's about you know what's happened to women what's happened to people when they get into these situations you know trauma from childhood or trauma from you know from whenever um and then all of a sudden here's my dad and I having this amazing conversation um and my dad's like learning you know oh my and god yeah it's so cool it's so cool yeah wow. yes. oh my god I love that oh I love your dad yeah, good on him for being willing I feel like he he yeah he's pretty amazing actually like that whole thing he of is, not yeah. being able to teach an old dog new tricks I definitely feel that about a lot of the older like definitely my dad but I feel like your dad especially because you're an only child and he just adores you he's like way more willing to like sit and listen and take on board what you've got to say and like learn you know like yeah, he's not yeah. just like got his defenses up and he's like unwilling to learn or change his opinions he's actually like open which is really fucking cool for a boomer yeah 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 I mean look I think I definitely broke him when like somewhere around 15 16 um you know and I think I like I have beautiful parents but um you know they went with the sort of use of fear to shelter me from any potential pain that was coming my way and that sort of conservatism breeds more conservatism and Mm. I luckily was given some sort of tool um Mm. that I I just wasn't 
able to conform to that. And so I went and did my crazy stuff. And Mm. unfortunately, it got to a point where my dad and I had, you know, had to clash heads and be like, hey, if you're not going to, if we're not able to compromise here, then we're not going to have a relationship. Mm. And I don't have any other brothers or sisters for him to latch on to instead of um, me. And I think that that actually worked in our favour, although we're so different it did get to that point where it was like, hey, you know, yeah. we're going to lose any ounce of hope for this relationship if we don't yeah. try to accept, you know. And I, I would say to him, like, you know, I understand why you did the things that you do because you wanted to protect me and you loved me, but that doesn't mean that they were the, the best thing to do or the right thing to do. I understand them as that was the best that you could do in that moment. But then mm. you need to also understand yeah. that, you know, my anti-conservatism or my rebelliousness or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, um, that was the best that I could do yeah, at that time. Valid. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was me trying to explore the rest of the world. You know, I had been sheltered and so I wanted to understand pain better. And, and you know, I was young and I didn't understand how to do that. Um, so I just threw myself to, into the gutter, you know, because I was like, well, it looks like there's pain there, so I'll go there. And then, yeah, what mm. like a crazy, crazy journey trying to then bring those those two things together and, and um, compromise with him. But it's going really well, yeah. Fuck yeah, good on That's you. Nice. Just a little bit of a family rundown for the, yeah. the end of the potty. I just feel like we've gone for an hour. These episodes are supposed yeah. to be like maximum half an hour, but I don't even feel like I want to cut it into two because I feel like most of what we spoke about kept intertwining with where we we started so I don't know I'll 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 see I'll see I'll make a decision about that but if you've stuck with us fucking good on you um (laughs) (laughs) took a hot minute to warm up there brain definitely wasn't working but um yeah thank you so much for yeah jumping on with me and having one of our meandering convos (laughs) yeah let's do it again sometime yeah definitely um, all right, everyone, if you've got any sand in my clam stories or examples, please send them in. Send me a voicey or a message. Um, if you want to jump on the podcast, I might consider it as well. Um, and, yeah, that's it for today. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And that's it, darling hearts. Thank you for stopping by the Labia Lounge. Your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it, just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double L action next time. And in the meantime, if you'd be a dear and subscribe, share this episode, or leave a review on iTunes, then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that, my dear, is a downright act of sex-positive feminist activism. And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this here podcast. Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyagraph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT, and I seriously hope you're following me on there because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.